I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're going to talk about now is cancer metastasis and diet. Now, we've done shows on cancer before. If you go to website, drjoe.com, just type in cancer. We're going to talk about the new research that's out, not so much on cancer, but preventing it from spreading. Because here's the thing, metastasis is the leading cause of cancer-related death. Cancer kills because cancer spreads. For example, five-year study of survival, of, uh, survival rate of women with localized breast cancer, 99% survival rate after five years, but that drops to only 27% with those who have the metastasized cancer. So if it's just in the breast, 99% survival rate. Metastasizes, 27%. Yet our ability to effectively treat metastasis has not changed much in the past decades. You're diagnosed with cancer. Doctors say, we hope it doesn't spread. And that's it. That's pretty much the answer. However, new research out there. Very excited about this. And the reason I say that is my sister died of metastasis. So I wish I'd known this information when she was alive. Now, we have a built-in defense. It's called natural killer cells. And they roam around the body and they kill tumors when they're starting to form. But there's a fat receptor. This is the key word you're going to learn today. It's called CD36. And it appears to be essential for cancer cells to spread. And these cancer sp cells spread in response to a certain type of fat. So you have these receptor sites in the cell, CD39s, 36, I'm sorry, CD36. They're just kind of hanging out doing their thing on the cell. You put a certain type of fat in the body, it activates this, this receptor site, and that's the thing that seems to spread the metastasis the worst. So if there was a certain type of fat that can lead to spreading of cancer, why is it that you've never heard of it? And why is it that it's not banned from anyone with cancer? Well, the CD36 is upregulated, means it activated, by something called palmitic acid, P-A-L-M-I-T-I-C as much as a 50-fold increase of upregulation or activation within 12 hours. Palmitic acid is a saturated fat, and it's found in junk food made from palm oil. Now, you might have seen palm oil listed on your junk food. Why? It's cheap, and it, 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 it doesn't uh, go bad very quickly. But it's most concentrated. The palmitic acid is most concentrated where? Meats and dairy products. Now, I've been screaming from the rooftops about how you should cut back or cut out your meat and your dairy intake, and I've been doing that for about 40 years now. Now, research is showing Dr. Joe was right for another reason. So this may explain, if you look at a, a, a dairy fat and breast cancer mortality, there's no significant risk in breast cancer-specific death in women with the highest versus the lowest category of total fat intake. So overall fat, not the palmitic acid, but overall fat, no difference in survival rate, but about you're 50% more likely to die of breast cancer if you eat a lot of saturated fat. Saturated fat comes from palm oil, coconut oil, but it's way higher concentration in meats 
and dairy products. So a, a review of, 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 of a lot of research there, what's called a meta-analysis. Meta-analysis means we look at a bunch of different research studies. Saturated fat intake negatively impacts breast cancer survival. That sentence alone should be the, the calling card for all cancer researchers. Saturated fat intake negatively impacts breast cancer survival. Now, we're going to talk about prostate cancer in a second. Now, this may explain why intake of high-fat dairy, but not low-fat dairy, is related to higher mortality or death from breast cancer diagnosis. Now, I'm not a fan of dairy, but here we're looking at low-fat milk versus high-fat milk. The high-fat milk, higher rate of mortality. So if it was a dairy protein, let's say casein, which, of course, I'm not a big fan of, that was a problem, the skim milk would even have a worse con effect because it has a higher concentration of the casein. But no, it's the saturated butter fat because it triggers the CD36-induced cancer-spreading mechanism, and women who consume one or more servings a day of high-fat dairy, one or more servings a day of high-fat dairy, had a 50% higher risk of dying from breast cancer. Now, my personal experience is, of course, with my sister. Uh, she loved cheese, high fat. And she ate ricotta cheese, and she ate mozzarella cheese, and she ate all sorts of cheeses. And she used a microwave to heat her food in, using, putting plastic in a microwave. And I tried talking to her. Uh, she died several years ago. But I remember, you know, I'm her baby brother. What does baby Joey know? Joey doesn't know anything. He's just a young kid. She helped change my diapers. What do I know? And it was unfortunate because I watched her do these things and I thought, this can't be good. And now the research shows why. Now, was that the reason she died? I have no idea. But this is what the research is showing now and you can benefit from this because the CD36, that receptor site, is activated by palmitic acid, very high in meats and dairy products. And again, this is a little confusing, this show, so I'm trying to be a little more clear on what we're dealing with. So we see the same thing with dairy intake in relation to prostate cancer, boys. That's us. Now, men can get breast cancer. Women can't get prostate cancer, obviously. But drinking high-fat milk appeared to increase the risk of dying from prostate cancer by as much as 600% in patients with localized prostate cancer. But low-fat milk was not associated with such an increase. Now, I'm not saying low-fat milk is good. I'm saying when it comes to the metastasis of cancer, there's a difference. So it seemed that the animal fat, rather than the animal protein, is, and this is consistent with that of Harvard researchers found uh, in their studies as well. So more evidence that the fat receptor CD36 is involved, the risk of colorectal cancer from meat consumption increased, not just doubling, but octupling the risk, multiplying the odds of getting colon cancer eightfold for those who carry the CD36 gene. Now, some people have this CD36 gene that can activate the metastasis. Some people it's not as active or they may not have it. So you don't know what your risk is until you take the chance. I don't want to roll the dice on that. So I think it's time for breast cancer patients and prostate cancer patients and colorectal cancer patients to be, to be prescribed a low saturated fat diet. It makes sense. Here's the thing. What if it didn't work? So what? You cut out animal fats. I don't think that's a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. And we know, I mean, I, I, got, I won't have enough time to cover all the research that's out there on animal fats and, and processed meats and cancers. So, but this is just talking about the metastasis. So if a cancer diagnosis, I think what we have right now is a very teachable moment. 
CD36 gene activated by palmitic acid can, can cause the metastasis to occur. So if you're diagnosed with cancer, my suggestion, I'm not an oncologist, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not a cancer expert, but based on the studies, my opinion, stop eating animal fat. How much can I, I can't make that any easier for you. So they did a multi-clinical study designed to reduce fat intake in women. And what they found, uh, women that had early stage breast cancer resection, that means they had their breast surgically removed, uh, and they were praying it doesn't come back, of course. Dietary intervention group dropped their fat intake from, from about 30% calories to 20% of the calories, dropped the saturated fat by about 40%, and maintained 40% lower intake over a year, three years, five years. So they did exactly what we said they should do. After approximately five years of follow-up, the women in dietary intervention group, the ones who cut back their fat, had a 24% lower risk of relapse. So they already had the cancer, they had the breast removed, 24% lower risk of relapse. So that alone, 24% is a pretty significant number. And this was the Women's Intervention Nutrition Study. Uh, there was also the Women's Health Initiative Study where again, women were randomized to drop their fat intake to about 20% of their calories. And again, they saw the same results. So I don't see a downside to doing this. And I hope this makes uh, uh, mass media, not just the, what we consider the number one health show in the country, this show, um, we want it to get out to the, to the masses. So that's big news. So we know that fat can upregulate the CD36 gene, the one that can cause, can spread metastasis. What if there was a food that can downregulate, shut down that gene? and prevent it from expressing and then causing a metastasis. The good news, there is. And we're going to put this in the Dr. Joe is right column as well. So if you put all the trials together that affect low-fat diets on breast cancer, you see a reduced risk of breast cancer and reduced risk of death on people on a lower saturated fat diet. The conclusion, going on a low-fat diet with breast cancer diagnosis can improve breast cancer survival by reducing the risk of breast cancer recurrence. And now we know why, perhaps, we think this is right. Targeting metastasis-initiating cancer cells through the fat receptor CD36. Activated by what? Palmitic acid, fat very high in meats and dairy products, also in palm oil. So we know the cancer-spreading receptor is upregulated. What if there was a way to downregulate it? There is, and that food would be, drumroll please, broccoli. Broccoli appeared to decrease the CD36 expression by as much as 35%. So now we have a plan. For metastasis, that's what we're all talking about today is metastasis. We cut out the saturated fats and the, and the palm oil with the palmitic acid. Then we start improving and downregulating that gene with something as simple as broccoli. So now we're not upregulating the gene and we're able to downregulate it. Holy cow, what a great plan. I, I'm excited about this. So broccoli, 35%, but that was in mice. They did the studies. But all fruits and vegetables, of all of them, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, the only ones associated with significantly less total cancer risk and not just getting cancer in the first place. Now, again, an overall diet of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds can reduce uh, you getting the cancer, but broccoli uh, significantly reduced the total risk. So broccoli can downregulate that CD36 gene. Those with bladder cancer who ate broccoli appear to live longer than those who didn't. Those with uh, lung cancer who ate more cruciferous vegetables, that's broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Um, the reason it's called cruciferous, by the way, is when the flower forms on the plant, it's in the shape of a crucifix. That's why they're called cruciferous. 
But the cruciferous vegetables is what we're talking about here. One year out, 75% of lung cancer patients eating more than one serving of cruciferous vegetables a day are still alive. One serving of broccoli a day, 75% of the people with lung cancer were still alive. Most of those who ate less than a half a serving were dead and they died from the cancer. Oh my gosh, this is so insane. And the studies are very clear on this. Ovarian cancer. Cruciferous vegetables significantly favored survival, whereas survival disadvantage was shown for those who ate meat. Milk also appeared to double the risk of dying. Eight years out, for example, about 40% of ovarian cancer patients who average meat or milk every day were dead. 40%. That's a lot. Compared to only 20% who just had meat or milk a few times a week at most. Maybe Dr. Joe was right all along. Now, it could be that the fat and the cholesterol in the meat increased uh, circulating estrogen levels, and estrogen, of course, can cause growth, like cancer growth. There's also something called galactose. That's a sugar found in milk. But, mo but they may also be directly uh, toxic to the ovaries as well. So there's other things aside from this fat. And, but the main thing is that it was consistent in the research is that CD36 mechanism and cancer spread um, and spreading of cancer was very clear when you reduced the palmitic acid. That's, it's, it's just so crazy. I, I, I can't express um, how insane it is when I see something like a, a bake sale to raise money for cancer. Sugar increases the risk of cancer. Saturated fats increase the risk of cancer. You're not eating fiber, so that can affect the colon as well. So it really hurts me. And the reason I get so passionate is because I lost my sister, is I get so passionate about this because we have so many answers. Now, is this going to solve all cancer? I don't think so, no. Is it going to help? The research sure looks like it's going to put a big dent in it. And so that's why I get excited about it. Now, more on cancer. World Health Organization classified processed meat also known as cured meat. I don't know why it's cured. The animal's dead. They never cure anything. So things like bacon, ham, hot dogs, lunch meat, sausage are definitely cancer-causing in humans. This is the World Health Organization. Definitely cancer-causing in humans. If that's not enough, high-processed meat consumption has also been associated with increased risk of dying prematurely from all causes put together. That would be heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and the risk factor for several chronic conditions, including, like I said, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and even stroke. What about lung issues like asthma? Now, I've been in practice a long time. Patients come in, they have asthma. Now, one of the things we find with asthma is many times it's a pinched nerve in the lower part of the neck. That's the nerve supply into the bronchial tubes. And I've had patients already in full-blown asthma. They can't breathe. <gasps> and it's scary to look at their eyes because they kind of know they're dying. And they could if we don't fix it. And in many cases, I've adjusted their neck and, low and upper spine and... <gasps> they're able to breathe almost instantly. Now, I'm not saying I have a cure for asthma, but I am saying these are some things that I've seen work in my career. Also, we got to get people off wheat and dairy products if they have asthma. Wheat and dairy cause mucus, and that can cause the lungs to be aligned with mucus, and then if there's constriction of the bronchial tubes, it can make the asthma a lot worse. But I digress. We're talking about cured meats, nitrates and nitrites, and lung issues and cancer. So nitrites are added to processed meats as a preservative to preserve their pinkness so they don't turn gray and also keep them from tasting less rancid. So the nitrites work real well for that and it gives flavor, it's really salty, and they prevent the growth of things like botulism. 
But if you put the same sodium nitrite, the, the, the sodium that we put in there, the, the, the nitrites, in drinking water in lab rats, they can develop emphysema. So now we're finding that these nitrates and nitrites can be linked to breathing issues. Okay? Put that uh, Nearly all developed, uh, if, if they were given this, developed emphysema. But that's not all the scientific knowledge we have currently. That was all we had until about 2007. And so what they found, if they found that cured meat consumption is associated with increased risk for developing diseases like emphysema and to form chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So if you have asthma, if you have emphysema, if you have any lung issues, I'm going to strongly advise you don't eat certainly meat, but certainly processed meats. So currently, we now have studies involving hundreds of thousands of people showing that the higher intakes of processed meats are associated with a 40% increase in COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. That's if you eat one hot dog a week. So it comes out if you like an 8% increase of COPD for every hot dog that you eat a week. So if you have lung issues, folks, I'd strongly advise that you stay away from the processed meats. And we do know now that processed meats are linked to cancer. The more maternal intake of meat before pregnancy could increase the wheezing in child later on. So if you're pregnant, once again, eating meat may not be the best thing. Those who ate cured meats were 67% more likely to experience worsening asthma than those who eat less than that. The studies are here, folks. Now, I have a concern, and I learned about this from a friend of mine, Scott, who works in the seasoning business. He has a company that makes seasonings and spices. He makes spices, actually. He makes seasonings from spices. You might see uncured hot dogs, uncured bacon, no nitrates or nitrites added. And they put that in all capital letters. And you think, well, Dr. Joe, that's a much better choice. But if you look at the under a magnifying glass, so to speak, what they're doing is they're using celery juice, juice from celery. And they've, so they say by avoiding adding nitrates, they have the same, it can, they say now it's safe. But celery juice has bacteria in it that convert any nitrates, not added nitrates, but nitrates into meat, nitrites into nitrites. Nitrates into nitrites. Nitrites is the carcinogenic form of it. So what you're doing really is you're not adding any. That's why they say no added, but ha the celery juice has a bacteria that creates it. And so even though it's uncured, it still has the issues. So the studies are pretty clear. Now, if you want to get well, you have to have a normally functioning nervous system, a normally functioning digestive system, and good nutrition. So my suggestion, my opinion, I would certainly cut out the processed meats, absolutely positively. The ultra-processed foods, foods that are, uh, contain, contain protein isolates, hydrogenated oils, high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, thickeners. Uh, you'll see a lot of these artificial meats out there now. And again, I don't eat meat. I haven't had meat in 35 years or any animal products. But you'll see these uh, meat substitutes, bacon, uh, meatballs, uh, hamburgers. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll create um, soy protein isolate or pea protein isolates. When they process, they do ultra processing, uh, it changes the molecular structure of these proteins. And many times things like this will release something called glutamic acid. Glutamic acid is very dangerous. We talked about that uh, in a show earlier about supplements and how magnesium can prevent you from absorbing glutamic acid. So if you eat Chinese food and you get a headache, that's usually from monosodium glutamate, glutamic acid, uh, magnesium supplements might be able to block some of that absorption. 
Now, just don't eat the monosodium glutamate is a better choice. But these soy protein isolates, pea protein isolates, not a good idea because they can increase your risk of getting things like cancer. So ultra-processed foods and beverages, uh, sweet, savory snacks, sodas, energy drinks, breakfast cereals, reconstituted meats, frozen pizzas, chips, all these chemicals can increase your risk of getting cancer, so I'd recommend you keep them out of your diet. Now, the only upside of eating the seven deadly sins, alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener, is that they taste good. Because I used to eat them. And I remember those processed chips. And now, when I gave up these bad foods was a long time ago. And now they have so many different flavors and spicy and salty and sriracha. And oh my gosh, they must taste delicious. And what they do is they stimulate the pleasure centers in your brain, like the dopamine receptor sites, and you want to eat more. And we've covered this when we did shows on food science. But the ultimate is to get the body healthy. So if you want to avoid, or I shouldn't say avoid, if you want to lower your risk of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, uh, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, asthma, it's really easy. Avoid the processed foods. Avoid foods that have very long shelf lives. Now, I mean, if you have dried beans or something like that, that's different. But the ultra-processed, high-salty foods, those can be very dangerous as well. High, uh, a diet high in salt may increase the risk of cancer, particularly stomach cancer. So salt, not a good idea. If you have acid reflux, heartburn, burping, gas, bloating, the stomach can be pushing up into the diaphragm and acid can get up into your esophagus and it can eat away at your esophagus. And that can lead to things like esophageal cancer. So there's so many things that we can do to reduce our risk of chronic disease. I'm not saying it's going to cure everything, but this reduces our risk. Eat more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Eat more raw foods. I take supplements every day. I take super greens, essential source, probiotics, digestive enzymes, omega-3 fatty acids for inflammation. I take adrenal support, vitamin D. Vitamin D has been shown to help with certain types of cancer. Uh, you want to downregulate the CD36 gene, and we do that with things like cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages. These things are very good because they downregulate the CD36. Now, we knew about cruciferous vegetables and cancer for a long time. The new research is showing it that the CD36 gene is the thing that's being downregulated, meaning it's less active. Stay away from palmitic acid. Very high in meats and dairy products. It's high in palm oil as well, which is in a lot of processed foods. Another reason to avoid processed foods. But staying away from that is probably a good idea. So, folks, I'm almost out of time. If you have any questions, send them to me through the website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. If you'd like to be a patient, we are a chiropractic and medical center, and we do chiropractic, we do nutritional evaluations, we do uh, digestive issues, pain. I'm board certified in pain management. Neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, numbness, sciatica. Come see us. The most effective, least expensive treatment for most back pain is chiropractic care. So start out with the basics, and we can always upregulate, as we just said, or uh, escalate your care if we need it. We have a medical division, so we can do injections if we have to. Sometimes you need to do injections to calm down the area. Sometimes the muscles are spasms. You just got to bring down the spasms. So if you want to get well, make an appointment to come see us. We accept most insurances. If you've ever been in a car accident, ever, if the car was damaged, in my opinion, you were damaged. Make an appointment to come see us. Come see us as quickly as possible. If you want to make an appointment, drjoe.com. The initial visit was $375. We've reduced that to $249. We accept insurances. 
Any questions, send them through the website, drjoe.com. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on the WSB Radio app.